I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. Okay, today we have another Reddit post to discuss, and the title is Tips for Handling Weekend Swaps. Oh, that's never a problem in anybody's co-parenting, is it? Oh, not at all. Mm, man. And, you know, this one is a little confusing to read just in terms of how it was written. So I'm just going to yeah, I'm going to summarize a little bit of what he was saying. Good idea. So it sounds like they have a joint custody situation, but she's the primary physical custodian. He says that she has weekdays for school purposes, but regardless of how you cut it, he's got every other weekend and every Wednesday overnight. A concern that he has is that he says she made an unrealistic time for his midweek that he worked out with his work. I'm not sure why she made instead of an agreement about how it worked. Um, but he changed his work around so that he could get the pickup on the Wednesdays. But then, and, and he says if he shows up even a little bit early, she gets really mad, even though it's her boyfriend who does the handoffs while she's at work. And so he said, um, in the one year that they've had the agreement, she's switched weekends because of her work schedule changing. And then she ultimately gets back-to-back weekends and then he loses out and he wants to comply because I think he's afraid of her. Ultimately is what it comes down to. Sounds like it. He's done an awful lot of workarounds. If he's not. Yeah. Cause in addition to what we've already said, she requested that the Wednesday changes to a Thursday and he had to reschedule everything at work to make that happen. And so now he's getting married and he has certain things that he scheduled, I think, together with that. And he planned them all a year in advance. And she is asked to switch again. And he's told her, yeah, sure. After all these things that I've had planned for a year, based on the schedule we have, I'm happy to switch it through again. But until then, I really don't want to do that because I've had these things scheduled for a year. And apparently her response was not gracious. She responded and told him, quote, Next time you need something, let's see if I do it. So his concern is, how should I handle this? She's telling him he's being unreasonable. Um, and I think he knows he isn't, but I think he's looking for a little, oh, how would I call it? Collective courage, maybe, oh. to respond to her. Some support and feeling validation that he's not the crazy one. So what do you think, Linda, from that convoluted tale of woe? <laughs> I think it is rather ordinary in in the world I operate in that it's one or the other of a couple will frequently ask for a swap and the other one just like like he says, you know, after after she said next time you need something, let's see if I do it, he goes, I have literally never asked for it. Her to switch anything before. And so, you know, typically that's what I hear is one person does it often. The other person just scrambles to try to make it happen with some scheduling change. And then um, the other person acts like 
they have to do it for them all the time too. So that's unfortunate, but it's, it's pretty normal. Um, on the other hand, some co-parents stick to the schedule like it was in iron and never try to do that at all. Yeah. And sometimes that eliminates having to do a conversation about it. Yeah. There's a lot there, uh-huh. you know, and iron rusts in the elements. <laughs> so treating it like iron isn't a good idea because <laughs> it will eventually get brittle and weak and break. This is true. But, um, my, if this guy were my client, I think what I would consider saying to him is call her bluff. Like you haven't needed her to do much for you. She needs you to change things for her all the time. So if she wants to play chicken with agreeing to help each other out, then let's see how she likes it. That's part of what I would be thinking. Um, on the other hand, I would, I would also be saying to him, there may be some things that you need help on accommodations for that are reasonable, but not into the world. And she won't help you. If you build up a history of her refusing to make reasonable accommodations and she's the primary custodian, that will eventually give you some footing to maybe come back and re and alter the schedule in your favor. And if it's something that isn't reasonable, then you shouldn't be asking for it in the first place. And if she rejects it, then she was within her rights. So don't be afraid. It sounds like you're doing the right things. Continue to be as reasonable and accommodating as you can. And if she's not, then ultimately that will work against her. Yeah, he says we're both residential. I'm not real sure we don't use that term around here, so I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I mean, I think he is saying that we're both physical custodians. She just has more. He says she has more time she has weekdays for school purposes so i think that's just uh sometimes in orders we frame things in a way that makes the person feel better about it even though in reality you know the other person's the primary like sometimes you have joint custody plans that are called joint custody plans right and they fall within the statute for joint custody plans but one parent still has more time or one parent in terms of the legal decision making one parent still has um, final say. Oh, so it's not really a joint custody plan. And in Oklahoma, the only, you know, people try because we have the law on relocation and in order to invoke the relocation statute, you have to be the primary physical custodian. And so when that change came about, there started to be a lot more litigation about who is or who isn't the primary physical custodian. Because that gives the person who is the ticket to relocate. And they simultaneously made it somewhat easier to relocate. So I don't know if some of that's at play here. But basically, she's the primary physical custodian. And she, according to him, is kind of a tyrant about it. And perhaps, I mean, typically, if I'm hearing something along this line, I ask if they have a parenting coordinator. And if if not, they might need one because this continues to come up a lot. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I'm a parenting coordinator. And I think if I were brought this, I think I would tell him what I just said. Mm-hmm. Like if she wanted to, I would say, well, she's within her rights to not agree to accommodate with you. If it's not an, if, if it's not an issue related to the child's best interest, but it simply is an issue of convenience mm-hmm. for the parent then I don't think it falls within the purview of a 
parenting coordinator to recommend adjustments to the schedule simply for parental convenience if there's Um, no connection to the child's best interests. At least that's sort of a limitation on the role that I see. But the convenience thing comes up a lot. It does. And the parents need to work it out for themselves. And if they can't, then maybe there needs to be a change to the permanent order as opposed to a minor configuration change by the parenting coordinator. Because ultimately, from my perspective, what's going to occur is I can make a recommendation as the parenting coordinator. In Oklahoma, they have 10 days to object. Right. And if they object, it goes to a hearing, and then the judge has a hearing on it. So, I mean, you can do that, but I tend to try to stay away from getting involved in the minutia of their daily lives. Right. And just focus on things that are actually material to the kids' best interest. One of the main places I see that it's a convenience thing is when a parent remarries and they marry someone that also has children and a custody order and visitation. And they try to sync both schedules so that the parents have a non-kid weekend and a all the kids together weekend. Yeah. And that one to me is closer because if you're going to have a kid who's going to be with all these new step siblings, right. Then it does help to have them all together at the same time so they can form those bonds. And so having them all together may be beneficial. And that is, I think, a more kid-centric right. concern. And, you know, sometimes it may be the case that a parent feels that they need to get a second job to help make ends meet and they want to do it when they don't have the children. And rescheduling or changing the schedule could enable them to do that, which would provide materially better for the child while letting the child have parenting time with both parents. And I think that's also a kid-centric. Right. Anyway, this guy, I don't know. What would you tell this guy? I talk too much in this podcast. <laughs> No, but a lot of it does have to do with your with your role as a PC too. I I really do think he needs some some backbone, and and that's why I was thinking maybe a PC would help him get one. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it was so funny watching you try to figure out what to say <laughs> <laughs> for backbone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.